Hello and welcome to the Amaze podcast, where we talk to businesses large and small, experts in subjects across the spectrum of business, entrepreneurialism, tech, innovation, investment and finance. I'm Jake Shaw, your host. If you'd like to learn more about Amaze, please go to www.amaze.com. Hello, and I'm joined today by Leanne Onslow of LMO Developments, a uh, learning and development company based in Exeter. Good afternoon, Leanne. Good afternoon. So, Leanne, you set up your business in April, which is great that a new business is being set up right in the teeth of COVID-19. But before we talk about that, can you tell me a bit about the business and what it does? My business is a talent and learning consultancy. So I go in to help organisations of all different sizes to think about how they can develop their people. And what sort of companies are your organisations, are your uh, clients? I work with all sorts of companies as my clients. So I've got some uh, training providers who like me to go in and design and deliver programmes on their behalf. And I've got companies of all different sizes who like to talk about different ways they can develop their people, whether it is one-to-one coaching right the way through to using their apprenticeship levy to put people on programmes. So that's interesting. So I'm taking it that the original model was that it was going to be a face-to-face business where you would go into a classroom environment for a significant part of the training. Is that correct? Absolutely. So I was sort of working on the basis that I would have quite lengthy programs and continuous relationships with these people. And we would have face-to-face events, face-to-face classes where they would do this work. I would be able to coach them. Then COVID happened and, and that didn't seem particularly viable anymore. What happened was is suddenly the whole business model went out the window. To use the most overused phrase in Britain today, you pivoted the business. (laughs) I did indeed pivot the business. I had handed my notice in in my old role in February when none of this was really happening. A two-month notice period took me to April and and here I was with a single contract that was for face-to-face delivery that couldn't happen. Uh, So yes, there was some pivoting. So what was the first thing you did with this pivot of the business? I think the first thing I did was probably have a little meltdown in the corner. But then when that had finished, I spoke to uh, the organisation that I was due to be uh, completing this contract with uh, PGL Training, who are a local training provider in Exeter, and just sort of said to them, I would really still like this to go ahead. And I think we could start this programme online and then go back to -to face-to-face delivery once COVID was over, whatever over looked like. And actually, they, they were really interested in doing that. It was a completely new thing for me. I have never designed and delivered online training before, always been face to face delivery. So it wasn't anything that would have been my first choice, but I felt in the circumstances, I just had to go for it. So there you are with your brand new business, staring into the teeth once again of COVID-19, which means (laughs) none of us can be in the same space, not in the form that we used to be. The government has offered quite a lot of support for people to be furloughed. So as you're self-employed, you won't get that. And also it's offering the C-bills and the bounce back loan. I'm assuming, but you can tell me if I'm wrong, that you are not eligible for any of that support. No, that's right. Having started my business in April, so right at the beginning of of this current tax year, I have been fully employed up to that point, so I've not been eligible for any of that assistance. Um, I'm a sole trader, so I'm not eligible to be furloughed. So no, there's, there's kind of been nothing for me in that respect. Pretty challenging 
situation to be in. Tell me, what sort of support have you received, say the local council or any government agency? I think support-wise, actually, there's um, been a lot of support from the local business community. So using things like Twitter and LinkedIn, um, I've had a lot of support from more experienced business owners. With regards to the council and government agencies, not particularly. Um, I've not had uh, any direct contact with them. My bank would send through emails, notifications and the like to tell me about the government assistance. But obviously, that's not something that I was eligible for anyway. You talked about the bank communicating with you about the government assistant. Has the bank offered you any assistance? No, I haven't been offered any specific assistance by the bank. It's been more of a a signposting from them, offering links to this is the government form where you can access the loans and grants and things, but nothing specifically that I feel like has been produced by them. Thinking about the banking side of things, how's their communication? Is it any good when you get in touch with them? Do they respond quickly or do they pick up the phone? When I have had to get in touch with the bank, uh, I tend to use sort of a form of live chat rather than trying to ring them. I think certainly because obviously they've been affected by COVID too, trying to get through on the phone can be quite difficult when they've got a dispersed workforce as well. I mean, in terms of support, there hasn't been any sort of major change in the support for the business or for you by the bank, I take it. The level of support from the bank has been quite standard. The signposting to what currently exists from the government is lovely. But I think also if you've got a head on your shoulders as a business owner, you've probably been able to access that information yourself anyway. I think potentially something more around sort of hints and tips for a new small business owner would be a really useful thing. Going back to the business, tell me about how you redesign them to work online. The development courses and learning courses Mm -hmm. face to face with your people. It's really important when you're moving a programme online to think about the actual pedagogy of online teaching. So it's not enough to take the PowerPoint you would have used face to face and just pop that online. It doesn't achieve the same outcome. It's really important to think about the attention span that people have when they're viewing something online. Um, The fact that people like that interactivity but also they do like to have materials they can go back to when it suits them, particularly at the moment when people are juggling homeschooling and working from home and the like as well. So putting those materials on a virtual learning environment for people to be able to access I have set up groups within Microsoft Teams to talk to people and using different channels for our book club and things like that. So it's been a really steep learning curve for me, but there are some great resources out there to to really help you do this properly. That's really interesting that you've found resources that already exist. Am I right in understanding that all the tools that you're using to do this already exist on the the, the web? Things like Teams, obviously other people use Zoom and and there are other um, platforms available. With regards to the virtual learning environment, I'm using the VLE that is supplied by the training provider I'm working in partnership with. But equally for them, it was sort of an add-on to a system they already had that they've never used previously. So I have spent quite a lot of time designing and putting those materials onto that VLE for them and for the learners and it's something that actually we're looking at doing with some more programs going forward as well. 
So what is the future for VLE, virtual learning environment? What's the, what, how do you yes, see the future right. panning out? I'm quite excited because for me, online learning is something that I had never looked at as a possibility for LMO development. It's suddenly become this whole new business area with great growth. And, and actually, I'm really looking forward to embracing that. I'm quite optimistic that as we go forward, we start to realise as a culture, as a, as a country, that presenteeism isn't always necessary in an organisation organisation. It's not about bums on seats, it's about the way that people work best. And so I think that online learning is a really good opportunity for people to develop anywhere and when it suits them. I've worked for myself pretty much permanently since I was about 17, 18 years old. I actually don't work very well in the idea of turning up at an office, not really my thing. In terms of people actually achieving through your courses, is there any change in what they're achieving? Are they achieving things better or worse or the same? Certainly for the group that I am delivering the Level 5 Operations Manager Apprenticeship with, these are middle to senior level managers within organisations actually saying to them, you have this online learning that you can access when you have the opportunity to do that and when it suits you is far better for them than saying you will spend these two days a month in a classroom with me regardless of what else is going on. Even though they've got the online materials to be working through, we do still have two-hour face-to-face sessions through Teams or Zoom each month. It's that combination of stuff they can access on demand but still getting that live element of interaction with the group, balancing those two together works really well for them. One of the things that I had an interesting conversation about was actually using virtual spaces, but also on the quality of the events. If you think about it in a conference or in an exhibition context, people are going to be less inclined to travel. So the draw has to be considerably better. Do you think this applies to learning and development as well? I really do people will start to embrace online distance blended learning approach it's still very different from signing up to an online course where everything is online I think it's still really important to have that live tutor input to know your tutor and be able to interact in that way but I think as you say people will feel a little bit reticent to go to large events certainly in the short term that online is a is a brilliant opportunity to make those things available to people who can't travel because they have caring responsibilities and things to small businesses who can't afford to pay a large ticket price for a conference and the hotel that needs to go alongside it. So I think it's almost accessibility to these things as well. Spoke to a lady recently who was uh, running Pilates and yoga classes in the local village hall. COVID-19 hit, obviously no more village hall for the foreseeable future. And she's gone from being the Hampshire Yoga and Pilates company to being a global yoga and Pilates company (laughs) using the tools just as you described she now has thousands perhaps thousands is too many but hundreds of people now (laughs) taking part in her classes all over the world so the outcomes for COVID are not universally bad there are people who are really beginning to come into their own six to ten months from now where do you think your company and online learning is going to be Six to ten months from now, I would like to think that I still have the opportunity to see people face to face. I think we all do. Um, And certainly I buzz off of seeing people and talking to people. It's, It's the personality type that I am. But I am really invested in online learning. I have seen how accessible 
it has made a program to people that are still working but can't leave their homes to people that are furloughed i have learners on my program that are furloughed and also to people who work within organizations where spending a couple of days nine to five in a classroom is just not possible for them i have somebody on my program who works condensed hours because they are usually doing school pickups and drop-offs and obviously being able to access online learning when it suits them is fantastic. So I really hope that it continues in that way. I think there are certain elements of learning that are better face-to-face, but I think it's really nice that we have taken that leap. It's sort of been forced on us, I suppose, but actually people have taken that leap and they're really starting to see the benefits of that. So my last question is, what are Mm -hmm. the top two courses that you're running right now? The top two programmes I'm running right now is the Level 5 Operations Manager Apprenticeship Programme with PGL Training. It is a just short of two-year programme where people will come away with a full Level 5 Apprenticeship and Level 5 Qualification in Leadership and Management. And we conduct that online. Uh, We still do our Teams calls, so you still get to see my lovely face and we actually get to talk but there is a load of online materials to be working through as well. And then the second one, an insights discovery practitioner. So I do a lot of work with people around how our personality types and our preferences dictate how we prefer to work, how we work with other people and how we can have a harmonious working environment by taking into consideration what other people's preferences are. Finally, and so where do people find you? What's the website? Having only just launched, my website is still under construction, but you can find us at uh, LMO Development on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. So all over the shop. That's fantastic. Leanne Onslow of LMO Development. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jake. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this, please go to www.amaze.com. And don't forget to like and share this podcast. <laughs>